The Trump administration earns a win in its bid to enforce and implement a series of executive orders on collective bargaining, official time, and employee firings. A group of federal employee unions sued the Trump administration over those EOs and won, but that was last August. The U.S. Court of Appeals reversed that decision yesterday. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to explain the court's decision and what this means coming up. All right, Nicole, let's start with the beginning. How do we get here? And what and you'll tell us later on what happens other than the two sides could decide to say to each other, we'll just agree to hate. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? There really is. And just to remind you all that this all began back in May. In fact, it was Memorial Day weekend that these executive orders came out. And pretty quickly, the employee unions all sued the Trump administration over the executive orders They said that fundamentally they violated the Federal Service Labor Management Relations Statute, the Civil Service Reform Act. They said that Congress intended uh, federal employees to be able to bargain and be able to bargain in good faith with agencies and that these executive orders on the whole, on their face, violated those statutes and laws. So they took the, the their lawsuit to the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. The judge ruled back in August overturning nine key provisions. And those provisions were things like setting limits on exactly how many employees could use official time within the agency, what they could use official time for, so they couldn't use it to prepare grievances, for example, They also prevented unions from using agency office space for union activities. So those were all that was all part of the district court's decision. And we should probably point out that the Trump administration didn't stop with that decision in terms of implementing those provisions via individual bargaining efforts at several departments. That's exactly right. And that's right, because as we've seen and as we've talked about several times now, Tom, Agencies are basically using the executive orders as an idea book when they go to bargain with these unions. And we've seen that at places like HHS, Social Security Administration, now the EPA, education. They were one of the first ones to do it even before the executive orders came out. And the VA as well. They actually impose some pretty strict limits on official time for its medical center professionals. And by the way, as Bob Tobias from American University will note later in this hour, that when you have poor labor relations, that can also lead to bad customer relations among people that deal with the public. And these are the four big departments that have so much dealing directly with the public. Yeah, they're big agencies with hundreds of thousands of employees, at least in the VA's case. And, you know, these executive orders, I think, have caused some frustration, at least on the part of the unions, for almost a year now. Now, the Trump administration, after that district court decision back in August, appealed a month later. And just now we're getting the appeals court's decision. And what precisely did the appeals court decide? So the appeals court said that ultimately the district court didn't have any jurisdiction at all over this issue. And that therefore the decision that the judge at the time provided back in August is reversed and that the executive orders stand as they are. That was really the crux of the argument that the Trump administration made first when the initial legal arguments were posed by the unions and then in their arguments for this appeal just a couple of months ago. And the court says that the appeals court, that is, they say that agencies have already a mechanism 
to bring forth their issues with these executive orders. And they say that that is the Federal Labor Relations Authority. They say that the FLRA could determine, you know, the viability of these executive orders, whether or not they do, in fact, bring up bad faith bargaining. And they say that that's really the place where this should be hashed out. And then if it doesn't move forward at the FLRA, that it could go back to the courts. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. That's a curious ruling in some sense for an executive agency to be able to rule on the legality of an executive order from the White House. That exactly is the union's argument. They say that, you know, what we were trying to do really here is argue the executive orders on the face broadly taken violate these provisions in law that Congress put forth over 40 years ago now. And so there's a fundamental disagreement, I think, about how these executive orders are being read. I think we should also note that the FLRA currently lacks a general counsel, and the general counsel is the one who ultimately can really put some meat behind some of these decisions that maybe the practitioners are putting out. And in sometimes, in some cases recently, we've seen they're saying yes to the unions. You're correct about your uh, your unfair labor practice complaint that you've brought forth. But without a general counsel, that decision doesn't have any weight to it. And so unions have been left to really just kind of wait around. And if I am correct, there is a nominee for general counsel at LRA. And I think I saw a letter from the American Federation of Government Employees president that they don't like that nominee. AFGE doesn't like that nominee. And the National Treasury Employees Union doesn't like the nominee because they dealt with, and her name is Catherine Bird. She's a federal employee at the Health and Human Services Department, and she actually, yes, she actually led some of the bargaining negotiations that NTEU said were in bad faith. So, no, they're not a fan. This is a small pond with a lot of sharks in it, huh? It is. And the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee uh, reviewed her nomination at a hearing also yesterday, as a coincidence or not. And so, you know, you mentioned the unions, Tom, and both NTEU and AFGE said they will use every legal tool they have available to continue to fight these this recent decision from the appeals court. Now, Nicole, you said that the main ruling from the appeals court was that the earlier, the lower court did not have jurisdiction and therefore it was a moot decision and it has to go to the FLRA. But then you also said that there is still a possibility for a court avenue after FLRA. And what would that be? Yes, that's true. So the judges from the Court of Appeals, they argue that first go to the FLRA and then you could bring your cases for judicial review actually back to their court, the Court of Appeals. So that's the avenue that they foresee with some of these executive order issues. We don't know how the unions at this point plan to fight this appeals court decision on its face. We're not sure exactly how they're going to pursue that. We just know that they plan to. So it sounds like there's a bit of a catch-22. They are obligated, according to the appeals court, to first stop. Their first stop should be the FLRA, but that stop is not open to them because there's no general counsel that can make this ruling. And they don't like the general counsel that's being nominated because they feel that if that person does get nominated and it does get appointed in there, then they would be back to square one. My question is, what did the union think? I mean, who was advising the union in the first place to go to the wrong court or what turned out to be the wrong court? Well, I think both of these unions, especially NTEU, has a history of fighting things like this in court, and often they've been successful. Um, 
you know, this is unrelated, but, you know, both unions, for example, have won in court over uh, OPM cyber breach uh, violations and, and, you know, the impacts on their victims. They've also won in court um, challenging the 2013 government shutdown and its impact on employees who weren't paid during that shutdown. So they have had some success in court. There have been other examples as well. I think it, it was the lawyers at the unions who said, we think this is uh, an avenue that we could pursue. All right. So what do you think will actually happen next? I do think we'll see more action from the unions, especially the lead ones on this, AFGE and NTEU. We should say there are others, almost a dozen others, who filed in support and as kind of a joint coalition on this. I think we'll also see guidance from the Trump administration, likely the Office of Personnel Management, telling agencies, all right, these executive orders are the lay of the land. This is the appeals court's decision, so get to work. As we've said before, many agencies are already implementing a lot of the ideas that the executive orders brought up anyway. Sure, we've seen 90 percent reductions in the amount of official time granted to the unions. We've seen them kicked out of offices. And so this this is happening at several agencies already. So it's, I mean, the, the horse is out of the barn here. It is. And at the same time, I think the unions have support from at least Democrats in Congress who have put some language in a House appropriations bill saying that agencies can't do what we just described, which is implement bargaining negotiations, which really haven't been bargained over. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her ongoing coverage of this issue at federalnewsnetwork.com.